It's time for the Mad Dog Show. Coming to you live from the Park Group studio in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Fincher's Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Go Clean Co., Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria and Pub, Bib Distributing, The Butler Auto Group, The Park Group, Corporate Connection, The Dog Bone, and Bulldog Illustrated. Now, here he is, your host, The Mad Dog. Welcome to the second annual Mad Dog Christmas Show. I cannot believe that we are still getting away with this. And it ain't Christmas without Run DMC doing Christmas in Hollis, is it? So, a lot has happened since our last show. First and sadly, Mike Leach passed away suddenly, which was absolutely tragic, obviously. And... I was trying to think about what I could possibly say about him that hasn't already been said. He was an iconic rebel, an eccentric innovator, a candy aficionado, a swashbuckling pirate. He was known by few, loved by all. And so we say rest easy, Coach Leach. Swing your sword, sir. The next bad thing to happen was ESPN pip squeak Todd McShay calling Jalen Carter's character into question with no source, with no basis, in fact, with nothing at all, a total airball. So I guess Todd McShay figured out that you can say anything about anybody. Well, what if I heard that Todd McShay was a child molester. I mean, I didn't accuse you of being a child molester, but what if somebody did accuse you of that? Why don't you go and try and prove that you are not? I don't think you can. So, hey, Todd McShay, why don't you just go and suck a dog's balls? How about that? And try and act like you're not enjoying it while you're doing that. Seriously, that kind of baseless malicious accusation could cost Jalen Carter millions of dollars over nothing but a jackass on ESPN running his mouth. I mean, who do you think you are? Do you think you're Mel Kuyper? Because you're no Mel Kuyper, that's for sure. Mel Kuyper has standards and he has principles. Mel Kuyper has morals. And you owe Jalen Carter a public apology, period. Sack up. And do it. Now, on to more positive developments like SFB4, a.k.a. Stetson Fleming Bennett the Fourth, a.k.a. Sequavius, a.k.a. the mailman, was invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. And as we all know, he didn't win. Well, not officially. He did win the fan vote, which was voted on by real people who use the exact same information to cast their vote. And he won by being there. And trust me, that's no participation trophy by being there. And if you asked him whether he wanted to win the Heisman Trophy or whether he wanted to win another Natty, I'm pretty sure we all know which one he would have picked, don't we? And speaking of the Natty, here we are again in the playoffs. 
Last year at this time, we were reeling from the beatdown that Bama put on us, questioning everything we thought we knew about our team. Were we overrated? Were we out of shape? Or were we just jinxed when it came to Bama? Could we even beat Michigan, the mighty Michigan team that had just beaten Ohio State? Well, we all know how that turned out, don't we? This year, the issuer of the beatdown in the SEC championship was us. We issued the beatdown on Brian Kelly and LSU. And how freaking good did that feel? It was orgasmic. But even in the wake of that win, my fellow dogs are still questioning. They're still worrying about their worries, worrying about Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's where I come in. Are you simultaneously frightened and nervous about the game? Because if so, I say savor it. Savor this feeling that you have right now. Why? Because pressure is a privilege. Who said that? Kirby Smart said that, that's who, and it's time to rant, so let's spark it up and hit it. This is our dream matchup. We get to hear it with our own ears. Kirk Herbstreet, the alleged face of college football, they brainwash us with at ESPN. Kirk Herbstreet will get to live out his worst nightmare calling the game of his alma mater, Ohio State, the team to hate, and I do, against our beloved Georgia Bulldogs, the team that he hates the most. He hates us way more than Michigan. Why? Well, if you've been paying attention, you know why. But for those of you who have joined us later on in the program, let me catch you up because the last football game of Kirk Herbstreet's career was a loss to us. The only time Ohio State and Georgia have ever played. We are 1-0 against them. And the last football pass that he ever threw was an interception to us in a game where he played like absolute dog crap. And that's not a matter of opinion. That's a historical fact. One that even his coach knew. Ohio State then coach John Cooper, who summed up the game thusly, and I quote, the Bulldogs' ability to throw the ball and our inability to throw it was the difference. Translation of the coach speak, our quarterback played like dog crap. Kirk Herbstreet himself described the game as follows. For some reason, I was pressing a little bit. I never could find a groove. Hey, Kirk, a better way to phrase I was pressing a little bit would be if you had said I was sucking a lot. Kirk played so bad that at one point he turned to hand the ball off and ran into his running back and fumbled the ball away to us. But that's not the worst part. Oh, no. A sideline reporter came on minutes later to tell the audience this. Guys, Kirk Herbstreet just came over and told me that, well, what had happened was the running back went the wrong way, and that's why they collided. So basically, Kirk went out of his way, way out of his way, to make sure that everyone knew that it wasn't his fault. He sought out a reporter on the sideline during the game. Who does that? The not-so-great Kirk Herbstreet, who would never play a down in the NFL, does that. That's who. What a great teammate, said no one on that team. There is no I in team, Kirk, but I guess you know there is an M and an E. 
Kirk Herbstreet's stats that day were eight completions on 24 attempts for a 33% completion rate. Wow. Think about that. Eight of 24 for 33%. How many yards did he throw for? 110. No touchdowns. And the last pass he ever threw was an interception caught by a Georgia Bulldog. And that is the worst quarterback stat line that I have ever read. And so that extra bitter taste that the Bulldogs left in his mouth never went away. The only time Ohio State and Georgia have ever played resulted in an Ohio State loss, and it was his fault. And that loss has festered and grown lots of pus and hair in it and gotten more and more infected as the years wore on. So what does he do? He does anything that he can to diminish Georgia. He constantly lobs these veiled and not so veiled insults at us. And you have to look no further than last year's Natty to find them. References to our undersized quarterback. Or Bama would miss a pass and he would excuse it with. And you just have to wonder what would have happened if those Bama wide receivers were healthy. Pre-discounting a UGA victory, minimizing it and diminishing it before it was even complete. Well, golly gee whiz, Kirk, what we were wondering was how the game would go if George Pickens was 100% and if Adam Anderson was there and if Tate Rattledge was there and if Nagobi Dean's scoop and score was officiated correctly and if Stetson's fake fumble was officiated correctly. And finally, we were flummoxed. We were dumbfounded that we were beating Bama's five-star Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from California with our no-star walk-on undersized quarterback from South, and I'm talking deep South Georgia. And so here we find ourselves again with your beloved Buckeyes backing in your worst nightmare because you know what's coming. You know that Ohio State isn't even as good as LSU, and you know that Michigan smoked you at home, and you know that Michigan will get smoked by us this year again, just like they did last year. And you know that your receivers have piled up stats against inferior competition, and you know that your quarterback has piled up stats against inferior defenses, and you know that your school, your little school, is going to get exposed on college football's biggest stage, in the bins, in the ATL, and you calling that game is going to be like you eating your own vomit for four hours, and it's going to be utterly delicious to watch. And I'm not done insulting. Oh, no, I'm just getting started. Next, your cringy, lame, ridiculously stupid mascot name, the Buckeye, which is a tree nut. How not terrifying. We at the Mad Dog Stove have tried to reach out to help your wretched fan base. We offered you the brown eyes. Thanks, Ross Daniel. I know I find the thought of staring at a brown eye to be terrifyingly disgusting. We have even offered you the chin nuts. Thank you, Todd Mickler. Nuts on the wall, wall nuts. Nuts on your chest, chest nuts. Nuts on your chin are exactly what you're picturing. Enjoy the visuals, brown eyed chin nuts. Because that mascot name is far scarier than what you got right now. Because seriously, I mean, you know that you can change a mascot name, right? They do it in the pros all the time. It's embarrassing to you, your state, your fans, and your city. And speaking of your city, Columbus, Ohio, I've got a few things to say about you too. First of all, 
you are a bunch of obnoxious Yankees. So right out of the gate, the majority of America cannot stand to even hear you talk. Your dialect is annoying. Your fashion sense is questionable at best. There's lots of males up there walking around with skinny jeans. Note that I did not say men, I said male, and there is a difference. In Columbus, the inflation rate is double where it is everywhere else. The unemployment rate is triple what it is in Russia. Russia! The food scene is a joke. It's like Outbacks, Applebee's, Fazoli's, along with a vibrant fast food community led by nobody's favorite, Church's Fried Chicken. Seriously, that's where people from Columbus, Ohio get their fried chicken. Churches. It's a sacrilege. Music? Forget it. They have none. No significant musician or group has ever come from Columbus. That's a fact. Look it up. Your winners last half of a year. What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, okay, so how about this? How about if Cincinnati and Cleveland had a scandalous affair that produced a marriage-wrecking, ugly sin bastard, that bastard would be 10 times prettier than Columbus and 100 times cooler. Um, so I think I finished the drill there. I insulted the most famous Buckeye. I explained that he is the reason they've never beaten us. I eviscerated their pathetic mascot. I annihilated their joke of a town. And so my next prey will be Auburn. But you'll have to wait for the end of the show for that little Christmas peasant because it's about to go down. Let's go in the basement with Buffalo. And now back by popular demand, a very special Christmas treat. It's Harry Carey. Harry. Hi, bad dog. Merry Christmas to you and all your five viewers out there. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. It's How you doing? Be on the big bad dog holiday telephone. <laughs> telethon we should raise money anytime i'm asked to raise money for wayward animals count me in uh, i tell you <laughs> you ought to get gallagher out there to smash some fruit <laughs> i tell you what really brings the pledges rolling in bad dog is to get sammy davis jr when's he coming out to do a little candy man or a rendition of mr bojangles with a cane <laughs> and a derby hat well, I think they're both dead. Well, apparently I am too, but here I am. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's so good to be here. Lean into the play. I promised I'd be back for the big playoffs with my favorite college team. The Georgia Bulldogs qualified, and, and yes, they have. Here we are again. Unbelievable. It's awesome. Christmas came early. I can't wait to go to the game. I can't wait to see you at the game. Yeah, it'll be good to lay eyes on you. I haven't seen you in 20 or 25 years. I know. It's been forever. Like except since you were alive. Little, except on this little box, I look at you almost every week during the fall. But it'll be good <laughs> to see you to actually see that you're a real person. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, bad dog. You know, I was thinking today, it's getting kind of cold. And a memory I have of winter. Did you ever watch the 1977 
NFC Championship game between Dallas and the Minnesota Vikings at Texas Stadium. Did you happen to watch that content? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, then you'll remember when Daniel Yoder was dressed as a snowman for some idiotic reason and was walking around the stadium and a young lady selling hot chocolate caught his snowman suit on fire and he was running up the aisleway engulfed in flames terrifyingly <laughs> both the audience there and all the viewers at home and, and it's something that i always think of and it, it's horrified me and i know it's horrified that buffalo since he was a nine-year-old i was just <laughs> thinking about old daniel on the way home this afternoon i've totally forgot about that I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube. Well, it's a Christmas memory that I'll always keep with me. <laughs> a man burning to death in a, in a snowman suit. Actually, I think he survived, but he, he did have some skin grafts and some troubles here and there. <laughs> what was his name? Daniel Yoder. He was a 24-year-old idiot dressed as a snowman. Caught on fire by hot chocolate. A sterno with a hot chocolate vendor the girl was 16 and wasn't paying attention and put that sterno too close to frosty's hind quarter <laughs> oh uh, well, where i was drinking that david and i looked at what i was drinking but to make sure i was actually seeing a flaming snowman <laughs> but i was Oh man, it's it's all coming back to me now. It's like a dream, that whole memory. Yeah, you can look it up and watch it again if you want to spread some holiday cheer. I do. I and I will. Hey, hey. I know last week, but I would like. I, I was so enthused to see Jalen Carter pick oh. up the quarterback for LSU like a Ken doll in the game. Did, did you enjoy that, Mad Dog? I enjoyed it more than I can even put into words. It was so iconic. Hey, he, he reminded me. You know what that <laughs> reminded me of was was an episode of Fantasy Island with Lyle Alzado, the great defensive line of both the Raiders and the Broncos, picked up to two at the dock there when that chippy pole jumper came to pick up all the guests take him out of the island he did the exact same thing to tattoo <laughs> i think that may have been the inspiration for that move yeah you know rourke didn't like that a bit no i've been to fantasy island it was a guest there one time and <laughs> don't let the white tuxedo fool you he rules that place with an iron fist we had a luau and when he deemed the pineapple that they served us a little too hard not sweet enough he put a hospital job on all those cooks with a big old piece of polynesian sugar cane i was horrified uh, <laughs> tattoo wait what was it what was the guy you're talking about what did you call what's his name the one that put the hospital job that was in charge what mr rourke mr rourke yes mr rourke he rules with an iron fist. I called him Stalin after I left there. <laughs> I did not recall you were you made a guest appearance on that show. No, I was just there on vacation. I was actually <laughs> Of course. Of course. My fantasy was to drive a Budweiser truck. 
and Mr. Rourke allowed it. <laughs> what a giver he is, was. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> hey, how about those Florida Gators and Billy Napier? Oh, man, they really laid an egg, didn't they? I think the, the winter cyclone bomb hit Gainesville a few a week earlier that it's going to hit us all here because they were frozen out there, but I've never seen such lack of effort by how far the Gators have fallen. All they could do was keep their shutout streak alive, and even that was pathetic to watch with a field goal. Yeah, the whip went for a field goal. It would have break the 435-game streak. Everybody was pulling for that streak to be broken. I know I was. Boy, the Oregon State Beavers came to play. I was really enjoying that. I tell you what, man. Beavers tough to beat. I've been saying it all year long. It is. Beavers high up there on the pedestal. And, uh, <laughs> they look like they got a pretty good program rolling out there in the woods of Oregon. They do. I mean, you know, they beat they beat the Ducks, and maybe they're the, the new, you know, king of Oregon. Hey, that wasn't a hard task for us there at the first of the season. Oregon, Oregon State watched us and saw how to do it. That's exactly right. All Phil Knight's money can't bring the Ducks are a little sketchy. I know they're about a 14-point favorite on the Tar Heels, but we'll have to see how that one goes. What bowl is that? I believe that might be the Gator Bowl. Oh, the Gator Bowl. I'm sure there's about five different corporate names attached all around the Gator. Like there are all the bowls. Now, how do you feel about all these corporations getting involved with these bowls? Well, I don't like it. You know, I came up at a time where all the baseball stadiums didn't even have lights. There was a lot of day games, and now it's night games, and then it went to changing the names, and now it's got six or seven different corporate names on the front of this, and I can't keep up with which stadiums which. I can't either. Nobody can. If we're lucky enough to make the finals, that's out there in, what is it, SDS, this Distribution Center of Englewood, California. Something like that in SoFi Stadium. SoFi, that's correct. SoFi, I don't know what that means. I'll tell you what they are. They're loan sharks. They give high interest rate loans to people. They are loan sharks. They're the definition of loan sharks. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go out there looking for a handout. <laughs> we wouldn't expect you to. Because you wake up in heaven every day with a $100 bill. And it doesn't matter how much money you spend, you always have that $100 bill. So I'm out of the loan business. <laughs> what is heaven like, Harry? Well, it's a nice place. And it's, it's so serene and peaceful. But sometimes I like to come back to earth where the gritty folks are. Who who who's in heaven that really surprises you that they're there that they made it? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, there's the great Art Link letter. How did he be in heaven? There he is. <laughs> I've seen him mistreat many a waiter at a bar. <laughs> well, Ricardo Monteblon, Mister Gork himself, made it up there somehow. I don't know the way he did those people on the island. I would have never thought he'd have made it there, but he somehow was allowed in. What about Tattoo? Is he running around up there? No, Tattoo didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, he was an okay fella 
for a short guy, but he started hanging around a bunch of freaky hippies over there, and, and, he, and he kind of went down, and I think that was what kept him out. Oh, just didn't make the cut. Well, Hervé didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, tattoo. Red have it. up there, even though he cursed like the worst sailor during all his act, but it's a good thing Red Fox is there. It keeps us all in stand. <laughs> I bet he does. Oh, man. And you welcomed Dooley up there recently. Yeah, Coach, well, Coach Dooley's on a different level than I am. I, I, I <laughs> you don't even see him. He's several levels up. I think all my drinking has kept me out of that level. They keep <laughs> me down there with, you know, the rowdier crowd. But Coach Dooley's up there with with the more respectable folks of heaven. He's up there with Munson. You're down there in Gen Pop. <laughs> that's correct. I'm now down there with the, the common man. But that's who I always appealed to as my, as my, in my broadcasting days. Without question. Without question. Hey, what do you think about this Ryan Day? He's one in four in his biggest five games. I'm looking for him to go one in five, I hope. Well, you know, people give Harbaugh a lot of grief, but he came up with one of the best one-liners ever when he said Ryan Day was born on third and thought he hit a triple. I thought that was very accurate. <laughs> That's about sums it up for old Ryan. I know he's trying to rally his troops after they got shoved around by the Wolverines. He's trying to say that nobody gives him a shot and whatnot, and I don't know if that tactic's going to help him. We could be uncomfortable for a moment in that game, as you've been preaching all year. We'll run into some uncomfortable moments, but uh, I'd like to see. I think by the fourth quarter, we'll have them, have them right where we want them. I hope. Yep, I, I think you're exactly right. But <clears throat> hopefully, the discomfort will will subside early in the third. That's what I think. When we start shoving them around, you know. About midway through the third quarter, I notice it's always time to hand it off to Kitty or one of those fellas back there. And I'm always saying, telling everybody, hey, here comes the big Kitty run. Or here comes here, here comes Dejon. It always happens about midway through the third when the other team gets a little tired. Yeah, and we're bringing in another fresh running back. That's when you know we got them kind of where we want them right there. That's always my key to victory. Without it's almost a doubt. like stepping in the door of glory when you see that 40-yard run. He might not always make it to the end zone, but when he mashes on him and takes off, I know we're in a good spot, and I'm, I'm starting to get the cigar now. I mean, and speaking of running backs, I mean, what do you think about Kendall Milton getting healthy at just the right time? Yeah, Kendall's showing his greatness here that we've always known he's had. He's been plagued with many maladies and injuries but it looks like now he's catching health at the right time he's gonna be a big part of the three-headed monster we're gonna unleash all those sissy butt nuts <laughs> the tree nuts the tree nuts the brown nuts all those ugly names for those people who actually put out a story the other day that the week they couldn't afford some five-star running back because we were giving him $1.8 million and paying him $800,000 a year. And I'm like, wait, Ohio State can't afford what? Where is this coming from? Have you read this story? No, I haven't seen this. What is? Where well, is this coming from? You can look this up. I'll send it to you for my 
phone I got from the heaven plan. It just comes free with the plan up there. But I'll send it to you after our segment. But they're, they're claiming we've outbid them and they don't have enough money to get this fella. I'll send it to you. That just sounds like loser's limp. Yeah, when does Ohio State ever run out of money? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they were bidding against USC, I'd believe it, but we we don't lead with money at the University of Georgia. That's we, what I le- said. we don't come down like Daddy Warbucks throwing hundreds all over the place. We're one of the most conservative teams in all the land. We lead with legacies and with championships, and if you want to be a part of that, then come on and the money will follow, but we don't lead with money. That's correct. I wish the Cubs – could take a little page <laughs> out of Kirby's book. Well, they just but, signed Dansby to a seven-year, one hundred seventy-seven billion-dollar contract, and I think it's a pretty dumb move by the Cubs. I look for more years of mediocrity. Not that I have anything against Dansby. That's a long time to give that fellow. I mean, that's like seventeen grand an inning. <laughs> it's insane. It's asking, do you know how many Budweiser's he could buy now? Unlimited. His own distributorship. He's set. He's set. Well, He's not going to have to go get a loan from those guys over at SoFi. That's church. right. That's right. He'll be funding them. No doubt. He's one of their loan sharks, I believe. I think he is. 25% APR. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal to some people, but I'm awarded you folks. Don't do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, Harry, do you have a big Christmas? What's Christmas like in heaven? I mean, it's got to be just surreal. Well, we always go to services on the 24th on Christmas Eve, a candlelight service. And we then, have we open presents on Sunday morning. I mean, just, Christmas morning. <laughs> Which actually will be Sunday morning. So, yes, it will be Sunday. And it'll be birthday number 2022, I guess. That is correct. Somebody was... better cook it. They, they better get Sarah Lee in there in that kitchen making a fine cake. <laughs> She's wish... up there, too, along with Miss Butterworth and, and, all, and, and Mrs. Paul with, of the fish stick fame. She's there. There's quite a few good cooks up there. Uh, Chef Paul Prudhoe, who's big around Barty Brown. We got them all. Uh, uh, I wish you could send us pictures. No, no cameras allowed. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Can't show everybody down here what's going on. We can only kind of loosely describe it. It's very yeah. secretive. Yeah, you got to keep it a surprise. You got to work hard if you want to get there. That's right. Tell me what you, you did again stay to get on there. That golden road. <laughs> Tell us what you did again to get there. Well, I was very generous with my wallet. I bought people a lot of drinks. <laughs> and though it was looked down upon that it was alcohol, they said I was a very generous fellow, so they let me do it. <laughs> well, you know, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. That's correct, but he only wanted everyone to have a little bit. He didn't want them to stay all evening like I tended to do each night of the year. He didn't want them to close the wedding I, down. I, I'm a big fan of that one. 
Oh. Is there going to be a show next week? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. There was not a show last week in uh, honor and remembrance of Mike Leach, who probably oh. just arrived. Mike Leach just got there. What's he like? He's still in process, and I haven't talked to him yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. How long he does that take? To say. He's been in there longer than anybody. He's getting debriefed. He's got a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> well, uh, I tell you, it really did take the wind out of my sails. And, and, and a lot of people, I mean, I never knew the guy, but just watching him from afar, he was just he was just somebody that just absolutely did his own thing, did not care what you thought about him. And, you know, his what he did on the football field was genius. He's an offensive guru, I've always said. He started out, well, I can't remember where he started. I know he... Went to Valdosta State, had a run there, kind of got it going with Al's mummy. He's always a towel around his neck. Yes, yes. I think Al's still with us. Al's still, yes, with us, not you. He's with us down here. Well, I'm here today, so I'm with y'all. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Passes. I always do the bad dogs. And where exactly are you today? Can you say, are you an undisclosed location? Down in the Buffalo Basement. Okay. Oh, okay. Where's I think Buff you can see the. I see you can see the stat jersey behind. Yes. Me. Yes, I that's can. That's a damn giveaway. Yes, that's right. Stequavius's jersey is behind glass. He lets me use his equipment because he's too stupid to know how to hook himself up. I know all how to do all this being around TV. He can't even do it, so he's not even home. He went off to Captain D's to enjoy a nice dinner with his wife. <laughs> Do you know what he likes to get at Captain D's? He likes to seafood feast. <laughs> and he likes extra cracklings and a lot of that. Oh, no. Harry, Harry just cut out. I think he went to heaven. I think we lost him. And he went out on shop. It's time for the breakdown with Bulldog Illustrated's Vance Levy. Merry Christmas to Vance Levy from Bulldog Illustrated. How's it going, my friend? What's going on? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty long. <laughs> um <laughs> Whoa, all right. You might won't run you through it twice. <laughs> yeah. My mom loves that stuff. Where can I get one? Uh, it's been a good good investment about 10 years in. Yeah, still going strong. Yeah, well, do you know Irv at Masada? I know and Masada. I know Masada for sure. Well, Irv's like little and kind of elfy. And I yeah. we went around kind of thanking all our guide to advertisers one Christmas. And, I mean, he looked perfect in it. <laughs> and he would admit it. I mean, he looked like – I mean, he was, he, he looked like the elf. Well, 
maybe he has uh, got a little elfin magic he can spring on our dogs on uh, New Year's Eve. Not that we'll need it. How are you feeling about that game? You know, uh, it's funny. I'm recollecting that, you know, you and I actually talked after the SEC championship. Uh, not much has changed. Uh, I think my biggest concern is that how much everything went right in that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, things tend to correct themselves or, or karma, karma, whatever. So, you know. I would be shocked if the ball goes our way so so crazily uh, against Ohio State. And matter of fact, I think we ought to be prepared that maybe a couple of things happen that they don't go our way. And and how do we react? And I mean, you know, we got a coach that's all about getting those guys ready for you know when, when things don't necessarily go your way. Yeah, I mean, preparing them for adversity. I guess the question is. You know, in a, in a normal search circumstance, just us versus them straight up, how do you feel in that kind of matchup? Uh, well, I mean, I think depth is just like anyone we've played this year. I, I think we've got more depth than they do. Uh, I, I do love the fact that Michigan brought home the uh, offensive lineman award for the second straight year. Uh, Makes no sense. Yeah. Not that our O-line needs anything to motivate them, but uh, we'll take it, right? Exactly. You know, uh, and whereas they're not playing Michigan like they were last year, uh, they are playing another Big Ten team. And, you know, what, what, what better way to say you, you got that wrong uh, two years in a row by, you know, basically owning the trenches. And, and I think inevitably, just like most games, it'll come down to that and – uh, I think we've got more than they do. I do too. And one thing that has just been very absent from any sort of discussion is um, Ohio State's defense. You know, usually they're pumping them up. They've got some great guy, Chase Young, or, you know, some generational talent. And this year we're hearing nothing about anybody, you know, no great DB, linebacker, D lineman. And I went and looked up the stats and they're averaging about three touchdowns given up a game, which – Sounds pretty good until you consider, you know, who's on their schedule, the Northwesterns and the Rutgers of the world. Of course, they give up 45 to, to Michigan, but I just got to feel like we can score points on them and they're just not going to be able to do that to us. Yeah, I mean, this, the semis are a referendum on, on the Big Ten as a whole. I mean, they're either going to be exposed and they didn't deserve two teams in, but they got lucky because they had one with no losses and they had another with one loss. Uh, or they're outliers in their conference and they're elite and they, they get to prove that uh, just that, that, that they're elite. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be the uh, – I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna get exposed. And if the, if that's border, if that's uh, uh, chalkboard material, so be it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think that's definitely what should happen. And the name that keeps coming up that strikes fear in the hearts of Bulldog fans, other than Stroud, is of course Marvin Harrison Jr. And I think part of that reason is because of the way we were depending on how you look at it, lit up in the SEC championship game via the air, 
what do you think? I mean, is the answer to that? Everybody says, oh, it's Ringo. Well, I mean, maybe the answer is Kamari Lasseter. Am I wrong on that? Well, and boy, he's looked good, hasn't he? He's looked real good. <laughs> and don't don't forget about your your, your neighbor in Milledgeville, oh, uh, uh, Javon Bullard. Bullard. Oh man, that guy is just amazing. I mean, yeah. and like we've talked about, I mean, just the tackling we've seen out of this twenty twenty two team, it's just impressive. Uh, not only, and I think I've, I've probably said it the last time, but not only do we make the stop, but but we also get to stand over you and say it's coming with that much force every time. Are you ready for four quarters of it? Yeah, and and to your point, you know, all these stats have been piling up against inferior defenses have been done. You know, Strouds just has not had pressure on him. He's been able to just stand back there throw against DBs that are far outclassed with his wide receivers and it makes a difference. Your level of competition, as I've been saying all year. Well, and getting back to your question about hair. Yeah. Harris. I mean, it's going to come down to whether Stroud has time to stand in there and and let those guys get open. Cause without a doubt, they they've got some great skill guys on the outside. And if we can't get the pressure there, then, then, then that is a concern, but, you know, you've got Chris Smith back there who uh, has made himself a zillion dollars by staying staying one more year, don't you think? Oh, there's no question. He's the poster child for stay another year. I mean, it's and he's just so solid all, all in all facets. He doesn't. Well, really, none of nobody on our team. I mean, the, the days of our guys making a play and jumping up like a bunch of dipshits are over. <laughs> Right, you know, and, <laughs> right, yeah, and, and like, and when and when and when they see it from the other guy, they're like, "Oh my God, we're about to destroy you." Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you think about the time when Alabama whipped us uh, in the rain in Athens. Oh, uh, yeah, and, but we were out there trying to taunt them before the game. Right, and, and like it fake juice, you know, you're like. Yeah. Uh, if you're into fake juice, you're not going to beat us. Yeah, you can't conjure it. And, you know, Ohio State and a couple of their uh, former players, they've been out there chatting a little, which is fine yep. by me. Yep, that's fine by me too. It's yep. funny you say that about Chris Smith because I literally remember, I feel like I've said this before, but in the COVID year, I think it was Richard LeCount that got hurt and Chris Smith came in and I was like, who is Chris Smith? I've never 29. heard of him. Who's 29? <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? I haven't seen him on the depth chart. We're in trouble now. And then look at what he's blossomed into. It's yeah, amazing. Wow. Well, and yeah, that that's a great for you to bring that up. I mean, that, for him to get that experience that early to what, I mean, it's about a fourth of the season left you know, in COVID year because he got hurt right before the Florida game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that was huge for his development. And, again, Kirby, you know, Kirby's way of doing things, uh, hey, if I tell you you need it, you know, if when we get together in early January and it doesn't look like you're going in the first couple rounds, there's a lot of value for you staying because Smith would – Probably what been third or fourth round last year, you think? Probably, yeah. Nothing yeah. like what he's gonna be this year. So now have you been watching the hoop dogs? 
I have I started watching the Hoop Dogs at the beginning. I have not been keeping up, so please update me. Well, they whipped the crap out of the Notre Dame the other night, uh, which was impressive. Uh, they're they're playing like their whole bench. I mean, it's I think I heard the other night that sixty percent of their points are coming from guys coming off the bench. So he's Coach White's doing a good job of getting out different type, you know, sets of players and giving them minutes. And, you know, as the announcer said the other night, it's not a matter of we're benching this guy for this guy. They're all just, they're all doing enough of the right things that they all deserve this type of playing, playing time. And, you know, when you're having to, you're the other team and you're having to scout uh, the entire bench as opposed to seven, you know, six, you know, five, obviously the starting five, but, uh, you know, now you're having to sort of check out all 11 or 12 on the whole team that, and they're playing defense. And, you know, I harp on that over and over again. We didn't play much defense in the last couple of decades. Uh, I mean, nothing again, coach Fox, we had pretty good defense. We just had no offense under him. So I don't want to throw him under the bus. But uh, yeah, it's it was a big win. They play, uh, you know, they will have by the time the show comes out, they will have played Chattanooga uh, in Athens. Uh, Chattanooga is one of those big kind of rangy, thick, physical teams that's in the that make the tournament a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see what their double digit how they follow up a, a big double digit uh, victory against Notre Dame and Atlanta. And supposedly the Bulldog nation, not surprisingly had the uh, state farm arena rocking where it was a Georgia home game, even though it was in Atlanta. So we, as we know, I mean, if we can have a team that can be competitive and win, I mean, the fan base is there for basketball. And and it's again just shocking that we haven't been able to do anything, and hopefully we're starting to now. What is our record? Uh, we are eight and three heading into the Chattanooga game that will actually take place on Wednesday, the twenty-first. And so, one of those three losses I did catch, and it was against Tech, and it happened via a horrible call at the end of that game. Just yeah. absolutely horrible. And then Tex, I forget the player's name. He got he had a heck of a second half. Yep. He had some inbound problems, but kind of you know they they had a almost a two week layoff after that game because of finals. And boy, mm-hmm. I mean they looked good against Notre Dame. So we'll see if they can keep it. You know that they, they could. They've got three winnable games heading into either two or three heading into league play, which starts in I think early January. I don't maybe they have one that's the end of December, but yeah, it, I mean he matched the the amount of victories last year in December. <laughs> Are you telling me that this team has March Madness potential? Uh, I think they do. I think they do because even the announcer the other night, and then I listened to, and I encourage people to go listen. Uh, just every Monday night, Coach White is on uh, the app, UGA app, 
just it's his Monday night show. Obviously, you don't have to stick in there for the whole hour, but if you listen to kind of the first 10 minutes of Scott Howard kind of questioning, you know, giving him some good – he's real open guy mm-hmm. and really just fundamental basketball guy. And then I think I told you, you know, his whole family is in athletics or administration. Right. Well, watching the Notre Dame game, Shoot, his dad was the AD at Notre Dame. So he grew up a Notre Dame fan. His dad actually hired Mike Bray, who's almost going on. He's getting close to 20 years at Notre Dame. So the pedigree for Coach White and his family as far as being top-notch leaders and administrator is there. And, I mean, he did great at Florida. He just followed Billy Donovan. Well, I mean, reading between the lines, it sounds like maybe we need to extend this show into basketball season, and then from there, it's baseball season, and then we're, and then football season's right around the corner. We might need yeah. to do just year-round Mad Dog. I mean, you know, that'll be up to you and Scott. I don't know if he wants to fire up the fire up the studio every week. Scott's not looking fired up right now. No. <laughs> Neither am I. I, I've been doing bookkeeping all day. I'm trying to close out my year. I don't want to talk about more stuff in the early part of uh, 2023 other than winning a football title. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you got your your year doesn't slow down at all with the playoff game and and hopefully one thereafter. And yeah, then I mean, and then after that, possibly another championship edition. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, when I was kind of selling or selling or chasing people for their bowl bowl ads, uh, I went ahead and threw out. It's kind of fun from with my background in newspaper. You know, if we win in the semis, we have to turn around and do a true extra publication. You know, it's due. Thankfully, it's not due the Sunday after the semi I, I because of uh or new year's my my printer's closed on monday so I, I don't have to have it done till monday night but yeah we have to sell that thing to people hey do you want to be in if you want to be in we have to have your ad ready in the middle of christmas season and if we lose we everyone's done this work for no reason because there won't <laughs> be one right <laughs> So, yeah. But that's kind of kind of fun because you get people that are like, "Oh, we're in till it's over," and right. obviously, you know that that helps us be able to do what we do. And uh, we we if I can leave, use your platform to thank our advertisers since we're about to wrap up twenty years, uh, man, we we're so appreciative the people that have helped us, you know, do what we do. And uh, you know, without them, we couldn't do it. So. Uh, Cheers to them and happy holidays. So we love you. If you need to send me a, an ad bill, that's okay. <laughs> hey, and, and, and we, your avid readers, love them too because they're, you know, that's what makes it happen. And, you know, just having that resource for, you know, just such a wonderful publication that has, you know, Dantzler in there and KB and, Lauren and Hammy and just all these different people and your new folks whose names escape me, but um, just, it's, it's just fantastic. You know, to the point where I, I've saved them. 
Uh, I'm that guy. I say my Bulldog Illustrated editions. Um, well, and you're in Macon, so you can grab every issue. That that's the that's the hardest thing is when we get people that want to want us to mail them back issues, and it's just it's it's virtually impossible during the football season. You know, it's just I mean, I would have to, and maybe one day we'll get there, but. At this point, it's either me or my wife having to go do that every week. So <laughs> that's when you tell these people in these other cities, say, "Hey, did you throw the stake in the ground in Columbus or wherever, and you know, get it going." That's right. That's right. So, well, if you had, to, well, no, I'm not going to ask you that. I'll wait for next week. Oh, um, a prediction? No predictions. Yes, yes. No, I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to wait on that. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I feel pretty now, good about what, it. What is special about your Christmas yet? Well, that's other, coming other up. Than, other than uh, me in a, a jolly old hat. Well, rumor has it that Harry Carey is making an appearance. I'll believe it when I see it. Is he drunk? He's Harry Carey. I mean, <laughs> the sky is blue and grass is green and Harry Carey is drunk. I mean, I got to be honest, when you push me back 15 minutes, it, it, you know, you, you cut into my wife and I's martini. So I, I had to go ahead and join her. So. Yeah, well, don't let me slow down the bar. I mean, yeah, that's go ahead right. and get, it's better when you're a little bit lubed up. Yeah, that's right. I'm just <laughs> glad, I'm glad you got me at an earlier time. Those 730s were rough. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Not because not of booze, it's more like, Man, I'm done for the day. Please don't make me get back on my computer. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Well, I want to wish you and Cherie a very Merry Christmas and hope Santa's good to you. And um, let's talk next week. Yeah, back at you. Kudos to all y'all for joining the, the, the weekly grind of doing something like this. It It's a... It's a lot of fun, but it doesn't happen without people all committing and doing it. So uh, congrats on two years. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, we don't have anywhere near the Herculean effort that you guys have at BI, but it gives us a taste of it and a, a definitely appreciation of it. And it's all for the greater good of the Bulldog Nation. Okay, so now what's the verdict in the Wilson house? Have you been naughty? Or nice. Oh, I'm all I'm naughty. I never get anything from anybody. <laughs> I just, Come on, mad dog. <laughs> I'm naughty. I'm always naughty. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. I get it. I get it. How was skiing before I before you let me go? It was great, except for getting accosted by an Auburn fan. And I will get into great detail on that a little bit later in the show. But other than that, great weather, you know, blue skies, 40 degrees a couple of days. Uh, just it was almost like spring like weather. So nice. it was great. Yeah. Not, you know, no lines. It was great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Go dogs. Go Merry dogs. Christmas. Merry ho, Christmas. Ho, ho. Beat the Bucks. Yes, sir. Y'all be up. <laughs> that makes me nostalgic. Here we go again, give you more, nothing less. Back on the mic, it's the end of the pressure. No pressure, it's not.
time to give Auburn a present because they certainly could use some Christmas cheer once again at this time of year. Auburn, easily the most sensitive fan base in the history of history. If you make even the smallest joke about Auburn, they get triggered. It's literally hilarious how sensitive they are. And now if we, if we sucked at football as bad as they do, well, I mean, they wouldn't shut up about it. And I mean, look, I get it. You're a second rate team in a third rate state. Your football team sucks and has for quite some time. I mean, can you imagine if we went five and seven after going six and seven? And then we ran off a coach who we manufactured infidelity rumors about and then hired a married coach who legitimately calls hoes on a company phone after not hiring the first black coach at Auburn ever who is already your coach. I mean, that is the most Auburn thing ever. And that is saying something. Bravo, Auburn. Bravo. That is a new low, even for you. Now, here's how delusional the Auburn clown show is. Last week, this is a true story. I'm in Breckenridge. Breckenridge, Colorado, on a snowboarding trip. I'm with two lifelong friends from Athens and Aspen. I'm in normal gear. Underneath my helmet is a red beanie with a Bulldog logo on it that is literally the size of a quarter. So we're minding our own business in the lift line, soaking up a glorious blue sky day, 40 degrees. We're in Breckenridge, mind you. When this lift operator, this lifty as they're called, leans into my face, well into my personal space and says, hey, what team is that bulldog for, huh? And I just said, Georgia. He then leans back into my face and screams, War Eagle. And I looked at my buddies who were already laughing and shaking my heads. And I, I turn around and say to the guy, are we really going to do this? Because the first thing I want to know is what bowl is Auburn playing in this year? Oh, that's right. They played in their bowl already, the Iron Bowl. And they lost it again. And the Iron Bowl, by the way, is not actually a bowl. When was the last time Auburn played in an actual bowl? And then I sat back. And I gave him time to rebut me. And he came back with, yeah, well, how was your basketball team? And I mean, me and my boys just started screaming, laughing. And I said, oh, that's right. Auburn is a basketball school now. I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. And now at this point, everyone in the line is howling with laughter. And this cat, I say cat because Auburn's mascot is allegedly a tiger, has turned purple. And he is vapor locked. His weak brain has shut down. He can't make words. It was hysterical. And I was ready to just dive deeper. But sadly, at that point, we had to get on the lift and catch a ride to the top of the mountain. And as we turned back to look at him from our seats in the lift to see what happened next, we saw his boss literally put his arm around him, take away his pass scanner, and lead him to the break room for a timeout. And that perfectly describes Auburn's bowl scenario for as far back as anyone cares to remember. And oh yeah, that basketball team, the one they just love to brag about, the one with a coach who has a show calls. And for those of you who don't know, show calls means that you got caught cheating. The one that was eliminated in the round of 32 last year, 
<laughs> you absolutely embarrassed yourself so badly in March Madness that you turned it into March Sadness. But enough about your basketball team's ineptitude. Back to your faux football team. Last year, on this show, it was predicted that Auburn would not get bowl eligible. They would not go bowling. I didn't say it. We brought on an expert who said it. It was Tuan the Don. He predicted it, and he was correct. And speaking of predicting, your team is predictably pathetic. You have an identity crisis of biblical proportions. You're a pinto pretending to be a limo. You're a raisin that identifies as a watermelon. And to be clear, Auburn, we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you like the clowns that you are. And that is why you shall now be known as the Auburn Bozos. You're welcome. So here's your Christmas present, Auburn. A stocking full of switches and coal. Coal to heat your single-wide trailers and switches to use on your jackasses that you ride to your jobs at the glue factory. Bahumbug, Auburn, and Merry Christmas to all of our sponsors and to all of you loyal listeners. Please tell your friends and your mom and them, go dogs. And P.S., this last song is dedicated to our dogs because it is what they are. Super bad. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Ventures Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Go Clean Co., Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria and Pub, Bib Distributing, The Butler Auto Group, The Park Group, Corporate Connection, The Dog Bone, and Bulldog Illustrated.